Welcome to Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and this is the show where we talk offensive and defensive business strategies with some of the most successful and insightful small business leaders. So if you're looking for great conversation and new ways to grow and protect your company, you're in the right place. There's no such thing as a small business. Every business is monumental for the people who lead and depend on it. At M3 Elevate, we have hundreds of policies, but only one mindset. Fuel your growth. In this episode, we are joined by Renee Mo, the CEO of the United Way of Dane County. She is a passionate philanthropist and advocate for social justice. Today, we're going to be talking about why small and growing business owners should be increasingly thoughtful about their philanthropy and the impact that their giving and their organization's giving can have on the community, especially during this holiday season. For 100 years, the United Way of Dane County has mobilized the caring power of our community to create lasting change for multiple generations. With a mission to unite the community to achieve measurable results that change lives, they are committed to being a catalyst for inclusion and systemic change, working collaboratively with local nonprofits, businesses, community leaders, donors, and volunteers to solve big picture issues that no one person or organization can address alone. Together, they are the power of many, working for all. Renee, welcome to the Fast Break. Thank you so much, Matt. So excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Renee, if it's okay with you, let's just jump right in. Can you share more, Renee, about your journey, your story that led you to do the work that you're doing today with the United Way? Oh, you bet. I'm a military kid, so I grew up with service in my DNA. My dad was in the Air Force, and so he worked and we lived as a family around the world. And I think all of those diverse experiences um, really gave me some skills as a bridge builder and knowing the world was bigger than was right in front of me. Volunteering, giving, and stepping into leadership were things that always showed up for me as early as middle and high school. And I don't mean that arrogantly. It was just things that happened in terms of wanting to get involved and try to make things better. And I've been really fortunate to work in a role that lets me live my values and serve our community at United Way. So it's, it's as you said so beautifully, we get to mobilize the community's caring power and we get to address some of our hardest issues. More kids reading, more parents with bandwidth to parent, growing incomes, housing, health and get more people rowing together to make those changes happen. Renee, I love that part of your story. Did you have a favorite place that you lived when you were a military kid? Oh, you know, I love exploring lots of new places. We had a lot of family connections in Germany, Rammstein Air Base. And in fact, my dad, because we were a young family, rented a place from a local German family. And that was, they're still very special to us and still involved in our lives. And Okinawa, Japan was also a very interesting culture. And just really good memories all over the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for being willing to share that with us. You bet. Renee, at M3 Elevate, we exist to help small and growing businesses sort of play both offense, growth with their businesses. And to kick off the deeper part of our conversation today, I, I'm hoping you can maybe share with our audience why you think uh, a defined, thriving, and impactful strategy around philanthropy helps small business owners actually grow their business in play offense. Mm -hmm. I love that question. 
much like the work that you do with your customers, the work of connecting businesses and nonprofits while centering local families is so inspiring. And it's that work to um, really identify how do I want to make change as a small business is something that we love talking about. First, let me just say I love that you use the word philanthropy. When you break that apart, it really means love of humankind. And I find that to be quite beautiful. And how we love our neighbors and communities shows up in all those aspects of our community lives. So finding your strategy in your love of humankind that your business really brings focus. And good strategy to me is always informed by the intent of what is desired and the stakeholders that are involved. So there are a lot of reasons that small businesses get involved in community support and change making. And I'm going to suggest, you know, a few of the most common through my experience here at United Way. First, of course, is to be a great community citizen and invest Mm -hmm. where you create value and wealth. And that, of course, comes with creating measurable community impact that changes lives. So I think most of the time people get involved because they want to make a difference. Next might be because it's a great thing for the employees or for the team or professional development. It's really a way to build skills, build networks, build brands. And it's a wonderful way to not only give back, but to actually think about some of those core pillars that you might be building as you're um, in your business. I find now, too, a lot of younger employees are demanding Mm -hmm. more civic leadership from their leaders and from their businesses. And I'm talking about teams of twos and threes and tens and fifteens and fifties. But that is becoming more and more of a cry for what is the business doing? How do I be a part Mm -hmm. of a mission in in the business that I work at, too? And so that's an important part uh, for strategic consideration. And I think, too, that proximity bonus, right, when you get to meet other people in the community, Oftentimes that leads to not only deeper friendships and a feeling of connection, but also new business opportunities. In fact, we had Ginger Zimmerman in from Murphy Desmond last week, and she was saying that a lot of the young professionals she met when she was a young person involved with United Way have now become leaders in their own businesses. And that's been a bonus that she hadn't expected from United Way. So I think in terms of strategic thinking about um, having a clearly defined strategy for your small business, Understanding the intent, what's desired, Mm -hmm. as well as what your stakeholders are looking for, your team members, maybe owners, maybe vendors or customers, that'll help you refine the strategy. I do want to add. Oh, go ahead, please. One more thing. Yes, please. A note that came to me. Sometimes individuals will go into thinking about a small business philanthropic strategy, thinking only about the bottom line. And I have Mm -hmm. found in my experience that if you're just in to create new leads and to grow your brand and get to um, increased revenues, Oftentimes it doesn't stick. And so Mm. when you're trying to embrace your strategy of the business and authentically want to make an impact, that tends to be a better experience. Who you refer to that in a loving way is enlightened self-interest, right? Mm. And so just thinking through what is that strategy to, to be a part of the community and the responsibility you have to your business and your stakeholders builds a defense because it provides protections when times are hard because of the positive social capital but also helps you with that growth and reputation, relationships, bottom line, staff development, culture, and more. Yeah, I love that, Renee. And thank you for giving such a holistic answer because mm. I think that it's all of the above. And we have a phrase that we've used at M3, a couple of phrases, actually, that sort of your answers made me think about. One was we give back to our community simply because our community gives so much to us. Oh, and if you... Whichever community you find yourself a part of, your customers reside there, your employees reside there. And so as a business, we are taking from our community in that way. And so even before you get to all the things you mentioned about brand uh, opportunities and those kind of things, you get back simply because you're already making withdrawals. And so- Oh, I love that. We love that mindset. And and second, 
we would concur with you and say the way Mike Victorson, our CEO here, has said it is good business is good philanthropy and right. good philanthropy is good business. <laughs> but it doesn't take away at where you started your answer, which is the authenticity required of a servant heart, I think, for businesses to show up, not to get back, simply to give. And I think when people do, that's where they're going to see their businesses, their employees respond best because you can see through, uh, Matt, we need you to go hang out over here because it's going to be good for you to build networking and relationship opportunities versus Matt, we just want you to go and serve the community and make a difference with your time, talent, and treasure. And I think if all anyone remembers from this part of our conversation is start there, I, I hope that's a, a good place. To- that's wonderfully said. It's wonderfully said. And one response to that is, I think for some people, if they feel like, wait, do I have a servant's heart? Do I understand what this means? Sometimes it can feel scary. I do think that philanthropy is really a learned skill. You don't grow up thinking, how do I give my money away? You don't grow up thinking, I'm already making withdrawals. How do I give back? And there really is, too, some permission in here to explore, especially if you're uh, an entrepreneur or a newer small business owner and trying to figure this out. To say, is that something I aspire to be? Because I think mm-hmm. when more of us have servant hearts, we actually can thrive as our economies and neighborhoods and individual self-efficacies. So I think everything that you said is so beautifully said. And also just want to make some space for folks who maybe aren't there yet to yeah. also know there is an opportunity to grow into that. And it pays off, right? People who volunteer are actually happier by data science. And they feel more confident and they have the ability to take risks that actually help change things for the better. Thank you. Yeah, no. And, and thank you, Renee, because I think that's a, a great addition in terms of it, it's for everybody listening today. Everybody's in a different place. Yes. We always talk about on the fast break. It's what is your next step? And Renee, your next step might be different than my next step might be different than somebody else's next step. But it's all of us being aligned on uh, taking that next step in our philanthropy journeys, which again, might be internal self-reflection. It might be uh, connecting with the United Way to see where mm-hmm. they can be of service. It might mm-hmm. be, who knows? And so I think that will resonate with a lot of people. So I'm curious, Renee, as we, we've talked about some of those real pluses that come from mm-hmm. having that sort of strategy around philanthropy. I'm curious, what are some of maybe the unique challenges that small and growing business owners face when it comes to that strategy? Mm-hmm. Because obviously we're in the real world and it can sound good as they're listening to a podcast, but then they have to go into their businesses and do it. So I'm curious yeah. from your really wide perspective, what challenges you see? Yeah, there are the really obvious ones of cash flow, capital access, and especially for newer businesses, that unrelenting hours and energy to build, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like every asset, every resource, every person has to be rowing together. And it feels like doing something extra takes the focus away. And folks maybe don't want to engage in the community that takes extra energy when there's already so much energy to grow the business. And so I think that's a really important balance. That said, I think not getting started also limits potential, as I mentioned earlier. Hmm. And some businesses without a lot of staff or time, maybe they start with a $50 corporate gift, right? It gets you on the list. It gets you access to places to meet and network others if you can't go all in on a full robust volunteer or service other kinds Mm -hmm. of, of ways to get involved. I think that those are some of the challenges. On the other side of the coin, too, I think some small businesses can overextend. You know, maybe they Mm -hmm. want to try to touch too many groups before understanding their intent and their time or financial commitments. And just like the many decisions small businesses must make on a daily basis, I feel like businesses that reflect on the ROIs of their involvement, their gifts, 
And you can see the multiplier effects of mutually beneficial partnerships can really overcome some of those unique challenges, even when it may feel like, is this a priority? How does this, how does this fit in? But there are a lot of opportunities that are intangible that pay off over time. Yeah, I love that. And Renee, I'm going to build on something you said. So okay. you mentioned ROI. And so I wonder, and it's a wonder, if for <laughs> some of our audience today, maybe a challenge in this area is a lack of measurable metrics that highlight their philanthropic impact. How do they define that sort of ROI? I'm curious, from your incredible viewpoint across the community, I'm maybe hoping you can share how you've seen small and growing business owners measure the the impact of their philanthropy or talk about their ROI. Because we know, again, from an M3 perspective, we would say it's there. But how have you seen people measure that or talk about it? Yeah, great question. I would go back to that strategy, right? Starting with your intent and your measures will come from there. So I just want to give a little example of our business. So in our market research, we know that people give because they want to make sure money is well spent. They want to see decreases in racial disparities and they want to improve community health, right? So we actually have indicators, for example, percent of families with kids under five in poverty, graduation rates, incomes over 200% of federal poverty level, which is what it costs to you know, rent a two-bedroom marketplace apartment, life expectancy for health, things like that. And when we invest in those kinds of pillars, we can give a direct feedback to companies to say these amount of resources are actually eliciting this amount of change. But there are some intangibles in that as well that I mentioned earlier. I think that with small businesses, the again, going back to the intent, if you really want that impact in terms of these dollars or these hours are going into this community change, that is something that not every nonprofit can deliver. And mm. some are really excellent at service, and which is great because then they can have an awesome partnership and maybe United Way or a researcher or somebody else can help with that specific measurable ROI. Um, but there might be some other intangibles. My staff feel happier because they get to participate in the community. And so my culture scores are up. I feel I was able to get more presence in in front of this many crowds because I sponsored this event. Mm. And so I think there is a lot of ROI, again, aligned back to what is the strategic intent? What is the change you want to make and why? And then really mapping up, how do we know we're going to be successful? We do that in other parts of businesses, whether small businesses or nonprofits and many nonprofits, obviously we are small businesses. But in terms of, especially if it feels like something extra, if it can mm. be aligned in the overall business strategy, there are great ways to tell stories as well as have measurable impact that can really help advance those priorities. I love that. Yeah, that's such a great response. And I think you mentioned it before in another institute, increasingly uh, our employees are, it's no longer a, if they have a strategy around this, that would be nice. It's not a requirement. Table stakes, we, right. Yes. Yeah. We, in almost every interview that we're doing with talented folks today, it's one of the questions that is asked in terms of what is M3 strategy in this area. And, and we're seeing people make employment decisions based on that. And so let's keep going down that path. Sure. Because I think, again, we've shown that it's really important, Renee. And uh, I want to give you a scenario and get your perspective on it. So okay. if you okay. were the CEO of a small and growing business, that's not United Way, because I know <laughs> you already are the CEO of a small and growing <laughs> business, uh, but in the community, practically, what would be where would you start? What would yeah. be your next step? If yeah. you could put yourself in that mindset. So we love on the fast breaks, making sure that people have, again, just that one, maybe one or two things yeah. that they're grasping onto and taking. Where would you start? Yeah. Honestly, the first thing I would do is call United Way. And not to be self-serving, but we're really great at listening to business goals and matching them to community efforts. But it sometimes sounds really hard. And we can tee up a very simple volunteer giving program that's appropriate for the scale of the business and desire. 
We could also help connect businesses to other nonprofit organizations or people working in issue areas, or even do some tastes, if you will. We can run an on-site volunteer engagement or do an employee learning session for teammates or vendors or customers. And we want people to know enough to care enough to act and act to make action more effective. Mm-hmm. By using United Way as a portal into community service and leadership, they're a great start. I also think that if there is more clarity already from the company in terms of where they want to start or what they want to do, a lot of times, uh, if I were in a small business leadership position kind of reflecting on this, I would do what we've been talking about, reflect on the business strategy and what my partners or team are looking for, and really co-create a vision of what we want to get done together. I would say I would also want to make sure to be intentional about making sure that the partner that I have in the community or maybe multiple partners are also treated not only as recipients of time Mm -hmm. and money or somebody I'm doing for, but also as co-collaborators, right? Folks in nonprofits or professionals who live and serve the issues on a daily basis, just as a small business leads and serves in their own work. And a true mutually beneficial partnership can often make financial and time investments even more effective because it is the agency staff who are working directly with community members and they see the opportunities that perhaps that somebody who's not in that space doesn't. I'd also say keep in mind that that nonprofits are facing similar challenges to small businesses and large businesses. Mm. If you don't get a call back from a nonprofit or if an agency doesn't have capacity to partner, again, just recognize that there's a lot of turmoil going on, turnover, those kinds of things. So again, give United Way a call and we'll help to connect you to help achieve whatever goals that you might have and to get you connected in the right places in the community. I, I love that. And before we are uh, done today, so audience, if you're mm-hmm. listening and you go, please tell me how I can get connected to Renee. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, hit on that before, before we wrap up. But Renee, another question that I know is mm-hmm. probably on the minds of our audience. What are some of the ways that the United Way of Dane County is working to make Dane County, and, and wherever you're listening from, you can use these answers. I think it works. A, yeah. a more equitable and inclusive place for small and growing businesses. Mm-hmm. Because I, I love- you, you, you referenced that connection yeah. um, between the United Way and business. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go with a holistic answer again, because that's how my brain works. I think the most obvious is overall quality of life. When families are healthy and neighborhoods are healthy, that makes schools healthier. It makes our workforce healthier. And society is healthier. And that, frankly, allows us to tackle even bigger issues and seize greater opportunities. And to me, that's the work that we do. And frankly, post-pandemic, there's a lot more work to do. I think that we are a critical piece of the workforce development ecosystem, focusing on education success and, for example, job training for the highest in-demand jobs in healthcare, driving, food, construction, tech, customer service, and, of course, the other supports that go along with that, childcare, transportation. Those make a big difference as small businesses hire, for example. We have a, a 24-7 information and referral network called 211. It's really a place that has amazing listeners on the other end of the phone, very compassionate listeners who work here at United Way, and a very highly curated database of services. So we just launched an app for that for the whole state, developed right here in Dane County, but for, for Wisconsin and most communities in the country now have a 211. And this has been a lifeline for many companies and employee assistance professionals as employees might need help and don't know where to start. So that's another way to support small businesses. And we do a lot of professional development. We've got a business volunteer network, a boardwalk academy, lend executive program, leadership affinity groups like Link for Young Professionals, Women United, Lead United, Tocqueville, and our retirees group called Ready. And everyone's invited. So no matter the size of your business, no matter your title, no matter your experience, we really believe in building proximity and access. And that opens opportunities for everybody. And I guess maybe last but not least, I'd say... Don't underestimate the power of civic leadership, especially Mm -hmm. in these times. 
I feel like there are a lot of enormous shifts that have happened in our history, but most of those are really co-led with partnerships by the private sector accountability and nonprofit mission, right? And so that can really help shift mm -hmm. things that are hard to shift, like policies that perhaps we've evolved out of, or maybe really complex systems that have built up and uh, not necessarily been streamlined over time, just because it has been a lot of time. And so when people have the experience and exposure and leadership courage to help partner and lead change, I think that is a way that we can help empower small and growing businesses to not only become stronger leaders in their own businesses, but become stronger leaders in our communities. Love that. I love that so much. Renee, um, last question. I, I could sit here and talk to you all day. You know that uh -huh. in the interest of time. Our listeners. My last question. So okay. you mentioned in your, in your last answer, the current state of where our lives are at, where our country's at, where, our, at where the world is at. There's so much upheaval, unrest, challenges. I was at a, a chamber event last night with our friends, Brandon, former guest on Fast Break, and he asked the same question that I'm going to ask okay. you, which is, what's one thing that is giving you hope? Yeah. People like you, Matt, truly, the ones who have busy professional lives and family demands and who know that community matters, people who care, right? The nonprofit partners who work day in and day out to deliver services in some of the hardest, darkest circumstances, donors and volunteers who invest their time and money to fuel the change and change themselves. The teachers, health professionals, librarians, electives, law enforcement, businesses, faith communities, right? People evolving and doing the work to create a healthier community. Our board and staff work so hard every day in some of the hardest crosshairs of community change making. And of course, the families and individuals, most of all, right? They're doing the work mm -hmm. to share what it's like to live through disparities, who share their assets and gifts and help us see there's so much more to know than what's right in front of us and who persevere to heal, thrive, and have better lives, and then give back to make sure our community does the work to ensure others belong. That's more than one person, but it's one idea in that yeah. it is the people who show up every day. That gives me hope. That, that allows us to lift our whole community. Yeah. And it's one, beautifully said, Renee, and two, it takes me back to where we started our conversation, which is the definition of uh, philanthropy is love of humankind. Yeah. And it's all the different people that are loving their fellow person in yeah. all the different places and spaces that they find them. And, and philanthropy can take on all kinds of different shapes and means and ways and all those kind of things. But if you look closely, there are always going to be those people like you in a way, Renee, that are giving all of us sort of cause for hope with the work that we're doing in terms of just being there to love, love people. We do that work together. That is for sure. Rupture happens, right? And it is in the repair that we build trust and come out stronger. And I truly believe in intersections where the community can come together and make positive change together. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I love it. Renee, we're mm -hmm. about to move on to our next uh, section of our uh, conversation. And as uh, you've probably heard on the fast break, this is our fastest break set of questions. So we do okay. this uh, round robin and I'll, I'll ask each question. Uh, and then we move on to the next one. So okay. uh, really quick answer off the top and we'll keep moving. Is that good? Yeah, great. Oh, okay. Renee, favorite book that you've read in the last 12 months? I just finished Ray Dalio's Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. Mm. Wow. That was, it's been on my bookshelf for a couple of years, but, but I just finished it. It's very provocative. Okay. Complete the sentence. For you, leadership is? A privilege. 
the most impactful coaching advice that you've ever received? I was told when I was pregnant with my first baby that a baby first, work second, and drop everything else. But I evolved it to family first, work second, and everything else is a bonus. It really powerful. I thought I could squeeze a baby in. I didn't realize that prioritization was really important. It's worked out well. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Your favorite podcast that you would recommend to our audience? Oh, yours, of course, Matt. Oh my gosh. You don't have to, Renee, thank you. We appreciate it. Is is there another one? Is there another one of your favorites that you listen to? Yeah. There are a lot of podcasts that I really enjoy, but I'm, uh, I am like my travel or like foods. Um, I like to pick a new trending podcast and I listen mm-hmm. to quite a lot of them, um, but I don't have a consistent one that I go back to all the time. The Institute of Research on Poverty at UW um, does a really um, interesting one that's specifically around research. And so that's one that I probably listen to most consistently, um, but I listen to a lot of news, a lot of entrepreneurship, a lot of leadership, and sometimes just fun things like music too. I love it. I love it. Okay. You can't live without an app on your phone. Oh, Google Maps. I want to know how long it's going to take me to get to the next place. (laughs) It's funny. I think of all the times we've asked this question, Renee, Maps is the most popular answer. Is that right? It is. It is. I love it. My second most favorite is the news app, curating all sorts of news. I'm the news junkie. I love it. I love it. And I'm so excited to ask you this question because I know that you've done a ton of scary things in your life. So last thing you did that truly Mm -hmm. scared you. This one actually surprised me. I didn't think I was going to be scared, but I think that my son and I earned our second degree black belts together uh, this spring. And I'm now working on my third degree and I have to Mm. learn a whole new form. So our first midterm with a new form actually had me feeling very scared because I'd been spending two years on another form where I was really good at it. And while I was testing, I was feeling my heart was racing. I got nervous a few times in the week thinking about it. But that's why we do it, right? Is because yeah. it's uncomfortable and you grow and you persevere through it. Yeah, the growth is in the challenge, correct? The growth is, yeah, you can only grow yeah. the discomfort. And man, is that uncomfortable. And it, I was going to say, and it hurts. And it hurts. In uh, front of this a, crowd of people, uh, many of whom I know through work, right? It's, it's, it is a little scary, but also really fun. Love it. Love it. Okay. Last one, Renee. If you had to give a TED Talk, what would be its title? Maybe Transforming Leadership to Transform Communities. I think we can all lead where we stand. And if we could all do more of that, I think that we could get a lot more positive change made together. I love it. I love it. Renee, as we begin to to wrap up today, I promised our audience that we would uh, cover this. If people are listening, small and growing business owners, individuals, and they want to know more about United Way and how they could maybe even get involved, how can people find you? What's the best way to connect with United Way? Yeah, you bet. Obviously, we're on all the socials, um, but one of the easiest ways would be to contact us through our website. That's unitedwaydanecounty.org. You can also reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or my email is renee.mo at uwdc.org. Awesome. So if you're uh, an audience member today, and as Renee and I talked about, um, don't let this be an overwhelming conversation. Mm-hmm. Find, a, find a next step, find a Just next thought. It. And let's start somewhere. So let's let that be our closing thought. Renee, thank you so much for being willing to be with us today, for sharing your wisdom and insights with our Fast Break community. We truly appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you, Matt. Thank you so much for bringing this great content to our community and all of the podcasts that you've done. I appreciate you and M3 very much. This has been Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate, where we talk with high-impact business leaders and share strategies that you can use to grow and protect your business. And remember, don't settle for an insurance and benefits agent. 
who only plays defense. You need an advisor, a partner, a friend who helps you play offense too. That's us. Like what you heard? Well, don't forget to subscribe. You'll find bonus content and more episodes at m3ins.com slash m3elevate and anywhere where you find your podcasts. And if you're a business owner or leader with insights to share, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. We might even love to have you on the show. This is Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and we'll see you next time.